Welcome to the Eastridge Church East Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go. So we want to talk today is what's, what's the game plan when, when we meet somebody? So today's message is all about the, the game plan. So let me, let me say this. When you go and you decide you want to meet with somebody or you want to hang out with just somebody, somebody that you know, you make sure you have the right place and you make sure you're, you have the right time. So I'm going to ask you some questions and you can just yell out the answer, okay? If you're going to meet somebody for coffee, where do you go? Duncan. Bojangles. Bread and butter. What? My house. We're meeting at her house. <laughs> All right. If you're going to meet, if you're going to have a, a play date, where are you going to go? Park. Park. If you're going to eat Mexican food, where are you going to go? This might start a fight. Where are you going to go? El Charo. Tello. Silo. What? Chara. Chaparro. Chaparro. Yeah, bless her heart. Okay. And so if you're going, hey, if you're going for sushi, where are you going? Osaki. Osaki said the owner of Osaki. <laughs> so, all right. And it is really good. All right. Uh, if you're going on vacation, beach or mountains? Beach. beach. If you're going, uh, all right. If you're going on a date, where are you going? Get this one right. If you're going on a date, where are you going? Wherever the wife says. To the backyard. <laughs> to the backyard, wherever the wife says. All right. So somebody take notes on this one. If you're going fishing, where do you go? Charlie Elliott. Anybody got a honey hole? Where's the honey hole is what I want to know. <laughs> okay, no, you don't tell that. Listen, but if you're going to meet somebody, you know where you're going to go, and you know what time you want to be there. Well, we want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, this is very important, and I chose those words specifically when I said we want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. Because a lot of people are searching for God. And Jesus says he's the way and he's the truth. And he's the, he's the way to the Father. And so we want to see people come to faith in Jesus Christ because we know that Jesus will make them right with God. We can't make ourselves right with God. So we want to make sure we, we want to meet people where they are. And now if you're going to meet people where they are, sometimes you've got to understand where they are relationally. Well, what season of life they're in. And what's their marital status? You know, those type of things. You got to know where they are physically or or digitally. Are are you going to talk to them at work? Are you going to talk to them online? Are you you going to talk to them across the fence? Uh, Maybe maybe it's a neighbor. What about theologically? We're not the same country we're 30 or 40 years so they, they might believe in God, but they, they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Or they might not believe in God at all. Or they might believe in, in Buddha. you got to understand or just sort of meet them where they are. Don't expect them to, to come to where you are. Or maybe it's just circumstantially. you got to meet them in their struggles. you got to meet them in their pain. When I, one time when I was in India, 
and I had to preach in the, in the morning at a church and in the afternoon at an, another church. And we just went just from little community to little community, to city to city. And every day we're preaching. And, and, and one of the early in the week, uh, I, I told about a, a painful time in our life when one of, our, one of our kids had open heart surgery. And the missionary said, tell that story wherever we go because people connect with pain. The, the one, th- well, there's two things we have in common with everybody on the face of the earth. It's one sin, because we've all done it. We all have that sin issue. But also, we all know what pain feels like. So meet people in, in their circumstances, with their struggles, or, or pain, or victories, or, or problems, successes, their goals, or dreams, whatever it is. But remember this. Sharing your faith. When it's time for you to share your faith with somebody, oftentimes, that starts with a relationship. These, these names on the crosses. Now, some of them you, you, you may not have a relationship with, but I guarantee you, for the most part, you, you, you've got a relationship with them. I, I, I know two of these stories over here. I know both of these stories. Guess what? They are through relationships. They're through relationships. So sharing your faith oftentimes begins a relationship. And, and listen, that is face-to-face or, or it's, it's online or it's Zoom-to-Zoom, whatever you want to call it. But it starts when you and I don't just speak, but we see where they're at. And when we see where somebody is, we remember what it was like to be there. We, we listen to them. And then it starts with sharing the gospel. We've been in Acts uh, for the last, I don't know, I can't, I don't, I'm not sure what, 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 I think 10 weeks we've been in Acts. In this passage, what you're going to see is Paul's going to share the gospel by meeting his listeners on some common ground. He's going to find some kind of common ground, both physically and philosophically. So and he's going to present the truth. He's going to share Jesus. And then he's going to give them a choice to, to accept or to reject Jesus. So what's the game plan for telling someone about Jesus? Here, here's what it is. It's meet them where they are. Acts 17, verses 16 through 21. This is Paul's waiting for, for Silas and Timothy. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, listen, listen to what he felt. He was greatly distressed to see that the, the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and, and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day and with those who happened to be there. And a group of uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, they began to debate with him. And, and some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they took him and brought him into a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. And all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Now, first of all, let's say this. You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears. You're telling us that a a man was born who was God, who lived and then was crucified for our sins, and rose again. You're saying this this guy came back to, the, to life? You, you better believe that sounded strange to them. But think about Paul for a second. Paul is in this famous city 
that is known for uh, its religion and it and its culture. But listen, all Paul could see here when he's in this city, all Paul could see was was sin and superstition. One ancient writer, when even Paul saw that the city was full of idols, one ancient writer said it's easier to find a god in Athens, a statue of a god in Athens, than it is a man. The city was full of, and it says this, Paul was distressed by this. Paul was distressed by the, by the sin and, and the idolatry, and he had a genuine concern for those in Athens. But understand this. He was not sickened by the people. When, when he saw the sin and the superstition, he was distressed, but he wasn't sickened by the people. He, 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 didn't, he didn't like write them off. He, he didn't boycott them. He didn't begin by condemning them. What Paul did was he, he met them where they were. This is where you are. I'm going to meet you where you are. He, he met them at the Oropicus, the, the gathering to discuss belief and, and philosophies, because this is what they did. This is, this is where they hung out. This was their bread and butter. This, was their, this is their local. This is their Dunkin' Donuts. This is where they went. And what did he do? He built relationships with non-believers. Now, you know what? This is a, a lot easier for you, I, I listen. Here's what's going to happen tomorrow morning. I'm going to come to church tomorrow morning, and I'm going to hang out with all Christian people. How many of y'all going to do that tomorrow morning? Very, very few. Mike, Alice, Mike saved. Mike, I'm glad you're saved. Alice is going to be hanging out with you tomorrow. Awesome. <laughs> but you know what? That's not the case. Man, we're, we're surrounded by unbelievers. As our population here in America grows. The number of Christians declines. The percentage is declining. In, in 2013, 80% of America claimed to be Christian. That means they identified with Christian beliefs. In 2019, that, that number dropped to 65%. But in 2021, that number dropped to 37%. Less than half of America. Now, claim. Now, listen, when I say claims Christianity, that doesn't mean that, that they're saved. That just, for a lot of people, that just means that's how they identify. They identify with, with these moral teachings or they identify mostly with that. Doesn't necessarily mean they even know Jesus Christ. That may mean they believe in God because their granddaddy believed in God. But they may not have a relationship. So think about this we're surrounded. We're surrounded by unchurched people. We're surrounded by people that are lost. We're surrounded by people that don't know Jesus. And here's what God has done. He has planted Christ inside of us. Man, we have experienced a hope and, and life change where we, we get to enjoy him daily. We get to confess daily and be forgiven daily, to be renewed daily. And we know what that's like. And he wants us to share, and we're surrounded by lost people. And we're surrounded by them. So what do we do? What, what do we do? Well, we think back to what Jesus did. Jesus moved towards sinners and not away from them. Like Paul, he was distressed. Like Paul, he was burdened when he saw how captivated and how held captive these people were by sin and such. But what did he do? He didn't condemn them. He moved towards them. And, I, and here's what's interesting. 
lost people. The 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 in, in scripture, the what it says, the like the, the least of these. I mean, you're talking about the prostitutes and, and the tax collectors, those that cheated people. Guess what? They enjoyed being with Jesus. Jesus wanted to be with them, and more importantly, they wanted to be with Jesus. Why? Because he loved them. Man, Jesus loved them. He didn't write them off. Matter of fact, his harshest words were reserved for the religious, the, the Pharisees. But to those that were lost in sin, to those that were broken, to those that he, sailed, that he saw that they were held captive, and Jesus moved towards them. You read through the Gospels, you'll see it time and time again. And you know what? They were inviting him over to their house because he loved them. Because he loved them. Paul loved these people. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.14, it says, for the love of God compels us. The love of Christ compels us. You know why Paul's in Athens? Because the love of Christ compels him. And so what did he do? He hung out where they hung out. He went to their local Duncan right there in Athens, downtown Athens. No, he went to where they went, to the, the Areopagus. So what do we do? Hang out. If you go to the square, Covington, if you're from Covington, and you go to the square, let me tell you how easy it is to fall into a conversation with somebody. And listen, I, I'm an introvert, okay? How many of y'all are introverts? All right, that's us, okay? That's us. How many of y'all are extroverts? The rest of you, okay? We don't understand you at all, okay? Listen, I can't help but fall into conversations with people. I am meeting people and building relationships with complete strangers. Do you know how weird that is for an introvert? I feel like I have schizophrenia or something. But you know, it's that easy because so many new people are coming here. I could go through a list of people in my head that I have started relationships with just by sitting on the square. You know what? Hang out with them. If that's playing disc golf, if that's going to the park, if that's drinking coffee or hanging out at a coffee shop. But for a lot of y'all, it's just those with you that you work with. Man, hang out with them. Love them. Meet them where they are. And I'm going to tell you what you'll do. You'll make it easy for them to open up to you about faith or maybe a pain or a struggle. And you know what you get to do? You get to share a little bit of what Jesus has done for you. You get to share maybe, maybe the door opens up or maybe the door opens up completely. And they say, how, how do I get saved? Or, hey, I got this sin issue and I'm miserable. And you can say, here's what Jesus has done for me. And here's what Jesus can do for you. But meet them where they are, fine, common ground. You know what? Pe people are not that different. Sometimes we read the scripture and we go, ah, it's a different day. It was a different day. That was a different time. It was a different time. But I'm going to tell you what, people aren't a lot different than they were. Paul's talking to two different groups. You got the Stoics. The Stoics are materialistic. You know any materialistic people? They were fatalistic. This is all going to end badly. You know anybody like that? Don't point to anybody in this room. You know people like that. So time really hadn't changed that much. You could, then you got the Epicureans. Man, they loved pleasure. They desired pleasure. And guess what? They didn't really care about reason. What they wanted was experience. I just want to experience something. We all know people like that. Usually it's the third born child that's like that. 
But again, we all know lots of people that don't know Jesus. And you and I are the plan. You you and I are the, the plan. Like God wants us to share our faith in Jesus. God wants us to love them first. And and let me say this, if if lost people don't want to be around you, that's a problem. And if lost people don't feel comfortable around you because they don't feel like you love them, hey, I'm telling you, church, that's a problem. That's one that's easily fixed just by confessing it to Jesus. But man, if we love lost people like Jesus loved lost people, guess what? They're going to want to be around you. They're going to see your hope, and they're going to see that hope is addictive, and they're going to want to be around you. And so you find this common ground, no matter who it is, and you love them no matter who it is. Now, what Paul did is, later on, you'll see in, in, in chapter 17, he says this, I see you're very religious, and I see you've got a statue even to an unknown God. Now, now look, he's talking about them now. He even quotes some of their own prophets. But he used this unknown God to start a conversation. As he's walking around the city, he sees that statue. He said, hey, let me tell you a little bit about this unknown God. You and I need to understand where people are. We need to love them so you and I can speak truth into their life. And then we get to share the gospel. Acts 17, 29 through 34. Listen to what happens here. He says, therefore, since we are God's offspring, he's talking to them. We should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design and skill. Now he's talking about all the idols that he's seen all over the city. He goes, hey, God's not like that. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent, for he has set a day when he would judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. And when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again on this subject. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed, and among them was Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, and also a woman named Damaris, and a number of others. Paul earned the right. He met them on common ground, and here's what he laid out. These things that we create with our own hands, they're not God. And he calls us to repent from sin, And he calls us to believe in Jesus who who rose from the dead. Now, you know what you can do? You're you're having this conversation. I hope you're thinking about your your one. Man, you might be having this conversation. You might be having this conversation online with somebody. And they may have doubts and and they may have fears. Hey, share your doubts. Share your fears. But then share how Jesus has changed your life and has instilled hope and life into you. And just share the hope and life change that you've experienced. Now, that's all good and dandy, and and there's this game plan, but what does that look like in, in reality? Hey, watch this. Well, we named him Malachi after the prophet Malachi in the Old Testament, um, and his name means my messenger. He never met a stranger, so inquisitive, would talk to anybody, and 
that was him from day one. I mean, that, that's never changed. Even until he took his last breath, he was always that way. He, Malachi loved sports and he loved soccer. And at night, he started to complain that, he's like, Dad, my leg hurts. So I went to a friend who you know, has a clinic here and they got finished and the doctor came to the door and he just, you know, he knocked and it's that moment you don't want as a parent where he's like, hey, I need you to come talk to me. So I went down to the office and sat down and he, he just looked at me and he said, there's two to three small masses in the base of his spine. We need you to uh, take him to Atlanta today. But that Saturday morning, they, they had about, it's about two and a half, almost three hour surgery. And he just said, like, the likelihood of this being cancer is pretty high. So. That was a very hard moment. I mean, not to just say it as it is, but the average lifespan was 17 months. He was in the hospital for 45 days. And he just immediately, when you go back and you start looking at kind of some of the stuff that he wrote down, Malachi could have just said, like, I'm done. February 2nd, 2019, I said, just let me die. That's what I said. There's no point in laying in a bed doing nothing. My dad said, I'm alive probably today still because I have a story even at age 12. I have a testimony. As parents, you can encourage your kids to do something. But in that situation, he had to make a decision. And he chose how he was going to walk it out. The Lord has given me so many chances to share the gospel, and I'm going to take every chance I can. The world needs Jesus. I want to step my game up because this thing, cancer, it can kill me. So I need to tell as many people as I can. Every day, Monday through Friday, when we would go for radiation, he would have to be transported in an ambulance. And so every day we had two new people that we spent about four hours with. And Malachi shared the gospel every day to those new people. I mean, he would lay in the back of that, on that stretcher in the ambulance. So where are you from and what do you do? But Malachi was just so bold and I think that was kind of one of the gifts of cancer was that it really brought an awareness of life and death. I mean, you get a cancer diagnosis and it's, what do you have to lose? I mean, you know, like really, what I mean, what do you have to lose? The body of believers at our church is amazing. We rolled out the Who's Your One initiative and that was one of the things that fueled that list. He just literally went through the list of people that he knew that needed Jesus. And I, I'm just going to write them down. I'm going to fight for them. And gosh, for him, he it's, it just took it seriously because he, he saw the finish line in front of him. The end of August, we went uh, for a scan and it had spread to his brain. And so our prayers shifted from Lord, sustain him, you know, to cheering him on to the finish line. And so when he, when he took his last breath, I just remember thinking, like right now, he's with Christ. 
you know, we, we hung on to that passage of in the garden where he's like, take this cup, please take this cup. Um, but if it's your will. And so we just, we just drank of whatever the Lord gave us and trusted that the end would be for his glory. one day left or or 30 years but we're all Malachi and what he decided he was going to do he was going to fight he was going to fight for those that didn't know Jesus he was going to stand in the gap he was going to share the gospel he was going to find out where they were from but you know what he also wanted to know hey do you know Jesus Let's fight for these names. Man, let's fight for these, these, these souls that are represented on this card. Man, let, let, let's go to, to battle. Man, let, let's pray for them. Let, let's see them come to faith in Jesus. But let's fight for them. Because you and I really are, are the game plan. Whether to, to meet people where they are. And if it's in the back of an ambulance, it's in the back of an ambulance. If it's on the ball field, if it's, if it's in the workplace, if it's across the fence, man, we just, we meet them where they are. And we share the gospel. That's why we're here. And so today, what, what I want to invite you to do, let's fight. Let's fight. Let, let, let's get on our knees and, and let's fight. And so I want to invite you, hey, join me down here and, and, and let's fight for these in prayer. And maybe you can't do that. Stay, stay in your seat and, and you can pray there. But, but let's fight for these people. Man, pray that the church will get extra boldness and fight for these people. Or maybe you just have something that you want to pray for. Or maybe... You're ready to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if that's the case, you can, you can see me right here when the, when the band starts singing in a moment. But right now, let's just fight. Let's fight in prayer. And I just invite you to, to join me down here. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email at info at eastridge.church. If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you. We love you. 
and you have a family at Eastridge Church.